Okay. So maybe All right, should... so let's start this fucking podcast, uh, you know. You, you cool. sound like a member of the Anford. Uh, I mean, it's fitting. <laughs> you know, they're in that movie, one Australian movie. If you're thinking about Chappie, that movie's actually South African. You racist? Is it now? Is it? it yes, I mean, you it, could look that up. It is. I know it is. I don't care about this this fucking piece of shit guy who what? made those movies like District Nine and yeah. other things. So, welcome to episode sixteen. Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Gade, and my my partner in crime who cannot do a rap air horn to save his life is the one and only one, Barkeen. Say hi, Juan. Hi, Juan. I was kind of hoping you would try to do the rap air horn there. <laughs> oh, man. I need a drink. <laughs> I need to talk about this movie, man, because I want to talk my way through this slice of uh, CGI weirdness that we've both experienced. Sounds about right, actually. The movie we watched this time around is... Man, I don't want to fuck this up. Uh, Legend of the Guardians, colon, The Owls of Gahul, released in 2010 and directed by Zack Snyder. He of uh, Watchmen and 300 fame. And a person who is admittedly very uh i guess divisive filmmaker yeah i think he's someone who gets unfairly hated on uh more than he should actually and i'm sure like what our five to 30 listeners are gonna be like but juan he sucks and i'm gonna be like but no he kind of doesn't i think he's a lot better than people give him credit for but he's here's not the thing here's the thing with Zack snyder the man has a vision I think he is an auteur. He's definitely an auteur. He has a vision. (laughs) There are lines that you can trace both visually and thematically through each of these movies. The argument is that his style is kind of tacky and his themes are shit. But that said, that said, we are both Watchmen apologists. We both like that movie. That we are. I love that movie. I stand by it whole. I stand by the director's cut wholeheartedly. And, And. I don't hate 300, even though it's, like, dumb macho posturing. 300 bores me, but I think it's a fine movie. I actually very much like Dawn of the Dead. Michelle is going to, like, slaughter (laughs) me for saying those words. And now we have the seeming outlier in the Zack Snyder filmography, uh, Legend of the Guardians, colon, The Owls of the (laughs) Fool. Which is uh, uh which is I, not as I, much of an outlier as you might think, actually. It really isn't. And it's also based on Catherine Lasky's uh Guardians of Gahul series, which is actually uh interestingly enough, a seventeen book series. See, I don't know if it's if this movie um I don't know if this movie is a con- condensation of one or multiple books or of the whole series. I don't know. I haven't read these. But I assume I can... it's more than one book. It like... feels like more than one book. It definitely oh, has... oh, oh, it's the first three books of the okay, series. Okay, that explains apparently. that. Here's the thing. Yeah. It definitely has that feeling of a grand fantasy. First of all, highly derivative. of. Also, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt just now. I lied because it is not just <laughs> 17 books the guardians of gahul series including 
like holy shit this is the way you're saying the way you're saying this sub this number must have three digits this no it's it doesn't but like there is a main series which is um 16 books then apart from that there is a prequel and there's spin-offs and more books set within the same universe. So it's as like well. so it's like Star Wars basically. More or less, which again is fascinating to me. Or no, there's 15 books and a prequel. Whatever. This is It's a big this series. Is too much to think about at the moment. <laughs> but if if this movie is a sublimation of three books, it definitely feels like that because it has the same problem a lot of epic fantasy does. Where it's, it's just every single other. Well, not just that it's derivative, its scale kind of hobbles it because there's so much backstory and there's so much culture and there's so much uh, lore that it's impossible just to cram. This is a 90 minute movie. This is a short movie, but it, yeah. it feels I felt watching it the same way I felt watching David Lynch's Dune where I was missing so much of it, and what was presented to me was really expository, but also surface-level bizarre. But at the same time, I actually think they did a pretty decent job at, like, packing in the, like, owl history <laughs> and, like, in like that, that goes along in this mythical world in a lot of little ways. Like, there's always, like, these little lines of dialogue that made me curious, like, okay, well, like, you know, what's the history there? Like what, like, like I got this little taste of it and I didn't like, I wanted more weirdly enough. So let me ask you this then Juan. I'm scared to know your question, but go ahead. What the hell is legend of the guardians colon, the owls of Gahul about (laughs) legend of the guardians, the owls of Gahul is uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh is a uh, race wars the movie i'm sorry i'm not gonna fucking say the colon every t- because if we're supposed to be saying the colon every time i, I also want to add the apostrophe between ga and hul well that seems that, that seems unnecessarily <laughs> clunky but continue <laughs> you shit oh so a race so- war you say <laughs> yes race wars uh between owls the movie uh, <laughs> that's that, that's really literally like um a, like Helen Mirren plays a <laughs> a a white purist Aryan owl like an Aryan owl essentially and her husband is like her husband was Joel Edgerton right uh, I think so let me pull up the cast page this yeah. cast is stacked man this cast is the strangest fucking cast. And let then me, there's like, there's run... British people, there's Australians, there's like every fucking buddy. And like the, the accents just kind of start melding. Here's like the, the, the main players. You've got Jim Sturgis as Soren, who is a young barn owl enamored with the tales of the, the guardians of Gahul, who are essentially these, do... <laughs> these white knight owls who fight for good. And, yeah, and I would say Soren is legitimately the only name in this entire movie that I remember <laughs> of a character. Uh, Abby Cornish is in this movie. Essie Davis Before from the Babadook. She became a super cool like rap star. <laughs> yeah, Joel Edgerton is the big bad named Metalbeak, named as such because he was disfigured by an owl who was voiced by was it Sam Jeff- Neil or Jeffrey Rush? It was Jeffrey Rush. Sam Neil plays the traitor, the turncoat. That's right. 
That's right. Sam, fucking Hugo Weaving has a double role in this movie. And listed under additional voices, these are people who have characters that don't have names. Fucking Hugh Jackman and John Cleese. Yep. This cast is stacked. But this also is part of a thing where you have these movies, these animated films with these voice casts of very famous people who have, who together, individually they have great voices, but collectively it's just a bland mishmash of continental accent. It really is. And like this movie is supposed to be so very Australian and like. They get attacked by a Tasmanian devil right off the bat, two of the owls. Yeah. And like you, and then you just have these random like just pure British voices. And I'm just like, but that's, that's not right. That doesn't sound like Helen Mirren in particular felt so off to me, but at the same time, she was so regal as per usual. That yeah, well, you know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I want to talk briefly about Jim Sturgis because this is the first thing I've seen him. In. Oh, I didn't see like, ups- I didn't see like upside down or anything. And when this I talk is the about- first thing you've seen him in though. Yeah. Yeah. And not even like across the universe. He's in across the universe. Are you sure he's in the ground? He's the main fucking character in the universe. Okay, so I saw that, and uh, you know, I'm, dude, I'm not. Dude, he's I'm not, literally the main fucking okay, okay, character. Okay, 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 okay. This is the second thing I've seen with Jim Sturgeon. <laughs> I'm okay. almost convinced you've seen him in more now, and you know I just want to. I'm going like... to pull up the Wikipedia page, and I'm going to go through the fucking list of movies because you're being a piece of shit. And, <laughs> and across the sure... universe, the other Bolin girl, twenty one fifty dead men walking, crossing over, heartless, the way you're back. Just... Those are just words. Let me just read the film titles. Across the Universe is one. Yes. Legend of Guardians is two. And that is it. Okay, in fairness, I've seen more. I haven't seen. Okay, my point about Jim Sturgis in this movie where (laughs) you have these actors who might have great voices but don't have great voice actor voices. Jim Sturgis speaks every line of dialogue like he's about to fucking cry. Like (laughs) he speaks in this film the way Robert Smith sings. You know, Robert Smith from The Cure always sounds like he's on the verge of just a tearful, melancholy breakdown. And I love The Cure. I'm a big Cure fan. But But it's true. (laughs) I mean, it works in singing. It works in music. It doesn't really work when... You're the protagonist of the film. It's not that bad. It makes sense in when, a lot of scenes. When the movie wants to be really triumphant and uplifting, it's almost fucking unbearable. <laughs> and it tries to be triumphant and uplifting a lot. That it does. In, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I think this movie is weird just by sheer dint of the fact that it's all owls. It's 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 so strange to just watch an entire movie that's just like ninety five percent owls, one snake, an echidna, and, and mostly not uncanny. Like there are some uncanny moments where an owl rolls their eyes or they smile weirdly, but it's mostly they look like <laughs> owls. You know, they're they not do. like they're not anthropomorphized. Settling. I almost think that's one of the things that makes me most fascinated about it, and like more than that. It really there's a lot of the film that just kind of made me wonder who was the intended audience for this movie, because like (laughs) the material is so fucking dense and wordy for kids. But at the same time, like pretty dark, too. I mean, there's like revenge and death, like whole brotherhood arc like the like there's like there's a lot here that's like 
it's dense. It's dense for a fucking like a young movie, and like at the same time, I don't think like it's 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 geared towards like a young adult audience because I feel like it's. I feel I like know, it's like, like a preteen audience, like maybe fifth, sixth grade. You think? 11, 10, 11, 12 years old, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I I, I couldn't figure it Here's out. Here's the frankly. thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I'm thinking about this more and more. This is Star Wars with owls. You've got your light Very side. Very similar. You've got your uh, dark side. But that's the thing. I don't think it's fair to just say, like, Star Wars with owls. No, you know what it, it is? Be like... You know what it is? There's This movie wants to be this movie so bad. This is Watership Down crossed Makes... with the video game Fable. <laughs> if some... With yeah, yeah. Fable? Yeah, with... Fable. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Why Fable is my genuine question at this moment. Well, because Fable, you have that sort of... This has this is not set in medieval times. But it has that medieval feel to it. You've got, oh, you will learn blacksmithing. And you will uh, learn how to read the stars. <laughs> and there are these evil ones. And there are these good ones. And there's no nuance. And you're either one or the other. And it could be any, I guess, uh, like a fantasy RPG, but I like Fable because I feel this is the kind of movie that a guy like Peter Molyneux would make because it's so fucking weird just at its core. That's fair. I actually kind of like that comparison a lot. Didn't think you were going to hear a fucking Peter Molyneux reference in this show. No, probably not, actually. I aim of to all please. the things. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but anyway. Just, yeah, Watership Down, <laughs> Cross with Fable. That's my that's yeah. My yeah. So, so uh, as an actual plot, plot, just a quick description. Um, so, Soren, which is Jim Sturgis, and um, the other one's name. It's not Kroll, even though Kroll, I said that Kroll. earlier, <laughs> because we're not going to start talking about Kroll right now. It's Kroll and Soren <laughs> are like. It was I'm going to keep calling him fucking Kroll because I can't. I can't remember any fucking owl's name except for Soren. The name Soren is an actual name. Uh, so Clud uh, and Soren, there's like this whole like big like brotherhood arc between the two of them, and then one goes to the, the dark side, the, the pure ones, and one goes to like the guardians, and they fight and uh, whatever. The whole movie is just like so. One, so one becomes a Jedi, and the other one turns to the dark side, basically. Pretty much, essentially, and um. I mean, like the story's like it's basic as fuck. I, it's it's like it's not anything particularly original. It's exactly but, what you think it is. Yeah, but like at the same time, I don't give that much of a shit about the story because the it's so it's really fucking pretty to look at. This whole movie is just it's... like gorgeously animated to like almost a fault because of the fact that it's a bunch of fucking kind of unsettling looking owls. I'm on your. <laughs> Like I'm on your side when it's like I want to kind of delve deeper into like the so- the social structures of of the owls because like when in movies when there's like these little micro worlds I'm interested to see how these micro worlds operate like their internal politics and exactly. movies movies that spend time with that I really like like you you remember the movie The Rescuers right of course. With the little mouse UN and shit. How could I ever forget that? It was magnificent. You know, I like I first of all, I want to know how to fuck a janitor becomes like a like an attaché <laughs> to fucking Ava Gabor mouse. 
but um, Ava Gabor. <laughs> it is Ava Gabor. <laughs> it is Ava Gabor. And uh, who's isn't Bob Hope the voice of Bernard the Mouse? I think so. I'm, I gotta rewatch that movie. That shit is crazy. We should rewatch that movie. But anyway, go on. Okay, so uh, when there's like these little, uh, the internal structures of these fictional universes uh, intrigue me. Yeah, the plot I guess is kind of secondary in this case because yeah, it's it's kind of elementary. It's your basic hero's journey. Yeah. And this movie is almost aggressively nice looking. Like you can see each like you can see each feather in super detail. Yeah, there's this one, oh, there's this one shot, like, the first time I saw, I mean, there's two scenes in particular that I love, 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 love with all my heart. But the first one was when, um, it was the first time that they were flying at, like, ever outside of, like, when they escaped the first time. And, um, like, there was just this one close up. No, no, no. It was just, it was just Soren and the tiny owl. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The first time they flew, flew. And there was just this one close-up on Soren's face, and it just pans, like, from his face really, really slowly through his... Showing every single detail in, like, pure silence with wind up until, like, it's ruined with music and him reacting to flying. And I was just like, holy shit, that was so, 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 so beautiful. And then the other scene was the rain sequence in, like, semi-slow-mo... That was the Snyder only time I actually liked the slow mo in this movie. Yeah, of course, it's like it's, this, it's Zack Snyder. Yeah, this movie became three hundred in the final act, basically. It kind of does. Which is just here. Here's the thing: you would think that action sequences would get better when they're slowed down because it increases clarity. No, this doesn't happen in this movie. This doesn't happen in any of Zack Snyder's movies. It doesn't at all. Like most of the time, slow mo is kind of just boring to me. Although I will say I do love slow mo to certain effect in Watchmen. But again, I am a huge fucking Watchmen apologist, so I <laughs> like slow motion should be used like sparsely, not just sparsely, but should be should have should have an purpose. end, like a purpose exactly, not just. Oh, look at this owl's talon blade. It's badass. Look at it carve into the neck of another owl. <laughs> what a strange sentence I have just said. And yet, it's it's exactly a, what that's happens. exactly what happens in this movie, yeah. <laughs> and another thing about this movie that is, uh, I guess, in uh, of a piece with the other Zack Snyder movies I have seen, very def- indifferently scored. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I remember a fucking music. thing about the score. It doesn't grab you. It's just, you know, like let's let's just like throw on the chorus patch on this on this very very good modular synthesizer. Yeah, that sounds about right. Although I will again, uh, no, I'm not going to keep on fucking bringing up Watchmen and defending its use of music and its use no, of no, everything. No. Like, I mean, I, I, See, I like... that's the frustrating part because like every single complaint I have about like other Zack Snyder movies I typically say like but, oh, but it's done so well in Watchmen and like that's so frustrating to me like <laughs> I mean I mean I like that movie too but don't you think that the song's choices were a bit on the nose <laughs> I don't give a shit they work <laughs> to such great effect oh, I, lo- I just loved it whatever anyway back to legend of the guardian speaking of music choices I, 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 no no i still want to stick on this watchman thing okay 
Like it worked. <laughs> like here's the thing: it worked the first time with the credits set to uh, the times they are a changing. It's on the nose, but it's the first time we hear it. It's fine. But every single other soundtrack choice, the songs are. I mean, I like the songs. I'm sorry. Unforgettable. Unforgettable was magnificent. Ugh. That is by far one of my favorite movie openings ever. But okay, okay, let's let's do a little something. I want you. To, I want you to defend me. Uh, the use of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and Watchmen. Go. I'm not going to ever, 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 God. ever, oh. ever. It's always I Hallelujah. I can't do it because the thing I, <laughs> I don't no, want to no, be the, like. Let's st- interestingly let's st- enough, let's, let's stay on this tangent for a while. Talk to me. We're actually going to stay on on Watchmen for a while. Is this is well, this just, really what we're just doing? Just finish. Just finish this thought, and then we'll go back to. Uh, to the owls. I mean, frankly, I'm very tempted to just like go like rewatch rewatch the, the fucking Hallelujah scene on YouTube. Uh, the first time I saw it in theaters, I was made so so uncomfortable watching the scene because it is legitimately the most. I just I don't I don't entirely understand what kind of creative <laughs> decisions went into making the scene and like why Zack Snyder was comfortable letting the sex scene drag on so... And it's not even that long. It's a less than two-minute long scene. Yeah, it's not a long song. But it feels... It feels like forever. Like an eternity. And at the same time, like, I don't hate it. I think it's... I'm like, gonna break I'm gonna break kayfabe for a second. Who the fuck fucks to Leonard Cohen? I mean, like, honestly, probably a lot of people. We call those people people who fucked a Leonard Cohen. Moving on. I'm like I'm literally watching the scene on YouTube right now. Go get your head back in the game, motherfucker. Let's talk about and some kind of, It's so it's like oh, I'm so fascinated by it. I'm it's so fascinated such, watching the scene. I like that it's, movie, but that scene sticks out like a sore thumb that's been. No, it absolutely infected. does. Ugh. It absolutely fucking does. And I won't ever say it doesn't totally stand out, but I still don't hated but anyway back to weird song choices in movies of Zack snyder's what the fuck was up with owl city Owl City. they put owl city in the movie about owls because the person who isn't creative for this fucking movie is obviously 11 <laughs> you know what you know who they should have gotten to score this movie the hooters the 80s band from pennsylvania you know who should have had product placement in this movie one Hooters, the sexist restaurant. How could they, excuse me. You know who else should have had product placement in this movie? The Miami Hooters, the defunct arena football team. Let's just. I'm glad you know this because (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. I'm just saying that it was a dumb choice. I agree. I'm completely offbeat with this tone. Yeah, it's way off. I mean, but what would have fit? I mean, should they have gotten like. I don't know, Avenged Sevenfold or something to cover an Owl City song? <laughs> what the fuck, Derek? Avenged Sevenfold to cover an Owl City song. Aren't Avenged Sevenfold you... from Florida? I don't, I don't fucking know if Avenged Sevenfold is from Florida. I'm going to look it up. They're from fucking California, you shithead. Same thing. Huntington Beach, California. Huntington Beach, California. 
You're what's, such a shithead. What's a metal band? What's a metal band from Florida? Aren't they aside from Florida? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. So anyway, back this to is the a, fucking... this is this is probably the most tangent heavy episode we've done. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Oh man. Believe. Here's the thing. The reason that we're going off on these tangents is because there's nothing really to hang your hat on in this movie, other than the fact that it's a fantasy movie with owls in it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could replace this movie, you could replace the entire cast with humans and you would have like a decent medieval fantasy film. And yeah. it's the novelty of it is that it was directed by the dude who made 300. And it has and like it's not like like it's a movie that I would like I wouldn't like. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means, but I just think I will forget about it eventually. And I think it's like <sighs> See, I the think the thing exact that, same thing as you. Yeah, Don't. and, like, one thing that really, like, that I could tell for a fact that, like, I know there's more, there's so, so, so much more. Not just, like, the fact that, like, it gives you all these, like, nuggets of history within the world, but the fact that they literally, uh, I guess, a uh, final time like it's spoiler alert time uh because we really haven't spoiled any single thing in this movie whatsoever so well, far. we spoiled that sam neil was a turncoat oh that's right oh whatever god forbid that's not really like a good enough plot whatever anyway um there was this there's like at the end um actually now that i think about it this movie is closer to secret and nim than it is to watership down yeah it is a lot closer to secret than him actually Wait. Go on. That's literally like the end of the movie. Just like teases a sequel. It it doesn't tease a sequel. It literally yells, "We're making a sequel. There is a sequel to I, this movie." And well, I don't actually know if they're getting a sequel made, but like this movie yells sequel at your face by a saying like, "Helen Mirren disappeared, and we never found your brother." And they literally, like, they do a close-up of Joel Edgerton. No, is it Joel Edgerton? Who's, yes, it's Joel Edgerton's, like, helmet while they're saying, like, we never found Helen Mirren or your brother. And I'm just like, okay, like, I don't need this. Like, it's very obvious to any single person watching the movie that, like, these two escaped. Yeah, it's almost as bad as the post-credits of uh, Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. Where they have Frank Langella as Skeletor, presumably dead, he fell into like a pit of water, and then after after the credits, he pops up from like the bottomless lake and says, "I'll be back," and it freezes on that, and that's the end of the movie. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. That's what that's what this movie should have done. They should have just had Helen Mirren say, "I'll be back." Yeah, it might it might as well have just had <laughs> Helen Mirren speech, "I'll be back for you, Soren," or whatever. Oh, but instead of owl, I hope she says owl be back. You fucker. You Because that's literally shit. what it just sounded you like you bastard. said to me. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I think I'm the antagonistic one in this episode. Holy shit. I guess it's a uh, I guess we're having quite a hoot this episode. Oh, aren't we? <laughs> you mother ah, I swear maybe we should just go on to final judgments before we just Oh wait, no, cuz there's literally the character in the movie who just who just makes owl jokes and yeah, and like, I I felt very attuned to that character. Yeah, there's like the comic relief fucking <laughs> odd couple there. You got the uh... there, the thing is like there's not even just one comic relief character though. It felt like there were a lot of like supporting characters which would be fine for like 
three books worth, but at the same time, it felt like almost too much. This movie kind of felt like a subpar D&D session. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I mean, we might go next week. It's just all right. It's okay. Yeah, we'll probably do better next week. Yeah, but the thing is, it's been five years and we haven't gone back to play. (laughs) So I think we feel the same way about this film, but I think the way we process how we feel is going to make our scores different. Oh, I have a feeling you're going to give it a rotten and not well, fresh. But do I get to pick? I can't remember who does first or whatever. Well, it doesn't, well, it doesn't really matter. Final recommendations time. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with rotten. It's not bad, but it can't doesn't really hold my attention. But yeah, it's not and... bad, but it's not great. Like, there are literally dozens of fantasy films I would recommend before recommending this one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, meh. That's fair. Um, I'm going to give it a fresh, frankly. I think it's aesthetics and just like, just honestly, it's aesthetics kind of uh, win over the fact that it doesn't have the best story in the world. And it made me curious to like, maybe not actively go out and read a 16 or 15 or whatever <laughs> amount book series, but it definitely made me interested in said series. And uh, I don't, uh, where would I rank it in Zack Snyder's? In the one, two, three, four, five out of six Zack Snyder movies that I've seen, number one. No, it's with not a bullet. One. Oh God! Legend geez. of the Guardians: Colon the Owls of Gahul. Yeah, I don't know which. I don't know where I would rank it. Honestly, I do need to see Man of Steel, which I would just received for free on Blu-ray. So one of these days, I'll actually watch it. Like, I'm not I had to put watch you on the, the trailer spot. for Dawn of Justice again, and it was awful. Uh, <laughs> You're going to put me on the spot and what? No? I'm, I said I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you for a, a power ranking of the Zack Snyder movies you've seen. I mean, like, one Watchmen, two Watchmen, three Watchmen. <laughs> uh, Dawn of the Dead is up there. I, I would say Dawn of the Dead is second. Uh, I don't... The thing the thing with 300, I don't... Again, I just established this. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't ever want to watch it again. That's that's how I roll. Anyway, I'm not, go... Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not here to tell you what movies to watch. Yeah. Well, that's a lie. Though. That's a lie because it's recommendation time, so I'm going to tell you a movie to watch. That it is. All right, go ahead. Hit me All with right. it. So I'm going to recommend one of my favorite movies from one of my favorite subgenres of, of films, which I like to call Wizards and Shit, which is not quite – it's a very specific kind of fantasy films that are very freewheeling and boisterous and full of people who talk like this. <laughs> and your sorcerers and murders. Harumph. Harumph, exactly. Um <laughs> And the link with our film is one Helen Mirren. I'm going to recommend Excalibur from 1981, directed by John Borman. It's really fun. It's a retelling of Arthurian legend, sword in the stone, sorcerers, wizards. Uh, Patrick Stewart's in it, too. Here's the thing I like about this movie. It brings gravitas to what is essentially nonsense. (laughs) And I love that. I love that quality in a film. And it's just really fun. It's a fun piece of work. Uh, Excalibur really is a fun piece of work. I had to do that. I had to watch it for a a, a history through um, what? through film class once. Actually, it's our, it's Arthurian myth. I know. Anyways, uh, we also watched it for <laughs> uh, for uh, for my dearly beloved eighty one fest. It was one of the six movies that we watched for eighty one fest. Shout out to the people who uh, were there. How exciting! So what's your recommendation? I don't know. I was going to say like 
every Zack Snyder movie, uh, but I'm not going to do that uh, because I, I feel like that'd be a waste as I've already very clearly made my... Um, your, your specific cases for your specific movies? <laughs> my very specific case your for the projects instead of Watchmen. <laughs> um... You know what? I I, I couldn't. I, I wasn't sure what I was gonna pick, but I know exactly what I'm gonna pick, and it's in in part to spite you, and in part because I just I really do genuinely fucking love this movie, and uh the link here is um actor Jim Sturgis, but interestingly enough, <laughs> uh the filmmaker who made this movie actually made a film in 2010 as well, which is also a fantasy ish film uh that also had helen mirren in it uh which was the tempest but i'm not going to pick the tempest i'm going to pick across the universe of all goddamn things and i didn't expect this to be my (laughs) my choice but god like and it almost has 50 percent on rotten tomatoes interestingly enough but i <laughs> Speaking of aesthetics that please the shit out of me, across the universe is exactly that. And Julie Taymor as a filmmaker is someone who I just immensely, immensely adore because of her aesthetics. And I also think she's a really, really interesting woman in general. And uh Across the Universe is basically just fucking like it's super masturbatory to Beatles songs, but <laughs> yeah, the worst thing about Across the Universe is that they don't give the Beatles a writing credit. They don't at all, and like the whole movie is literally just like straight up strung together Beatles songs unfolding in a really strange little narrative. But I kind of really love it, and it has some far out psychedelic sequences and musical numbers, and it's just. I think it's a lot more fun than people give it credit for. I know you don't like it, but I like it. I'm not it, so yeah. crazy about it. Most people aren't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that's my recommendation. So, Derek, I have a question for you. Um, okay. What are we watching in two weeks? There's a lot of movies that I want to watch that are that are in our master list of 50 percenters. I know um, that I want to watch too, and I wish I could force you to let us watch. So here's one though that uh, I know it's a director we both like. It's an actor in the lead role that we both like, and mm. it's this is one been one that's been in the back pocket uh, I think since the very early stages of the pod. So uh, that says the movie we will be watching in two weeks is My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? Directed by Werner Herzog, produced by David Lynch, released in yeah. 2009. Starring Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. All right. I'm into it. I actually own that movie on DVD, and I've never seen it before. So. I have not seen it before either. And this, this is one, be fun. This is like legit one of the more polarizing films I've seen. Some people consider it a masterpiece. Some people consider it a pile of shit. So uh, it would be interesting to see on what side of the consensus we fall on. So you can find us on dimthehouselights.com, our long-form film criticism website with other wonderful writers who I will not list at this current moment in time. You can also find us both on Letterboxd, myself at Whoa It's Juanito, W-O-A-H It's Juanito, and Derek at Derek underscore G. You can also find us on Twitter at 
not the same. Are, are they the same? No, they're not the same exact. They're exactly ones. the same. They're exactly the same ones, really. Yep. I always, I always wonder if 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 yours is exactly the same or not. Exactly but yes, at exactly the same usernames. Yeah, we handles, the same. Yeah, we have we have the same handles at the same place. Such a convenient places. little little tip for all of y'all new listeners. And <laughs> Jesus Christ, Lord. you can also find us writing for other lovely websites, um, such as the Miami New Times for myself and Sound on Site for Derek. You can also check out the pods website at sitmwipodcast.tumblr.com. There you'll find links to our Twitters, our letterboxes, our RSS feed, and our iTunes show page. That last one is important because we want ratings, and we also want reviews because, well, we don't have enough for them to be all counted. So we would appreciate it if you uh, gave us a little message and left us uh, a little rating. We would suggest five stars, but you you rate, you rate listen to your heart. Yeah, listen to your heart and and give us a five, <laughs> or give my, my beautiful, luscious... Luscious. Voice of five. Luscious. Luscious. There's a lot of adjectives I use to describe your voice, but luscious ain't one of them, my friend. Well, I know. You call me like some like deadbeat jazz you piece of shit. host, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. I've called you a lot of things in the past. <laughs> I know you've called me a lot of things in the past, but we're not here to dwindle on that. So let's go ahead and end the lovely off, episode. Right? Thank you for listening. Goodbye. And see you in two weeks.